Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. I was growing up and in my teenage years, um, I had some traumatic events happen in my life. Um, I am an introvert. Um, it may seem very different, but just because I may be passionate on the stage does not make me um, very ease within a community or a company or a crowd of people. Uh, I've had to teach myself, and I don't think I want to use it as an excuse ever. But uh, growing up, I, I uh, had a, a sickness which led to uh, me doing very uh, badly at school. I had a... Um, dyslexia, and I didn't know I had it. I was told I was lazy. I was told I was stupid. I was compared to my brothers, and all the comparisons and the difficulties uh, led me to actually fail a year at school. And the failure uh, compounded itself to a point where um, I began to stutter. Um, the stutter was so bad that if I ever went to answer a phone, and in those days, obviously, there was no cell phones, and so if ever I went to pick up the phone, um, it would be, and they would put down the phone before I got the word hello out, which led to a whole lot of, and a host of emotional problems, probably uh, still prevalent today somehow, but um, uh, yeah, it was this uh, very dark and, 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 and difficult time for me in my life, and, and it caused me to go into my shell and all sorts of things. And I, I tell this story because I want to give God the glory, because oftentimes what happens is, is the very area that God wants to use you in, the devil comes to abuse you in. And, and, and so into this area that I hadn't actually worked that out at this time, that one day I would stand on a stage and minister to people. Um, in fact, that would be the furthest thing that you could ever... At school, we used to have to do speeches. I don't know if you do that. Do you, do you kind of did that at school where you've got to stand up and, and talk to a speech? Well, that, it, it led to ridicule. And as only uh, fellow students can do is tease, and it just compounded the problem. And I will never forget the day that, that Jesus touched me. I want to minister tonight on just one touch. You see, I had to learn, and I learned this later on, is that God can do more in a moment than I could do in a lifetime. And I'll never forget the day that I was at the back of the church in the last row, and the preacher and the minister was ministering and we were standing and, and he spoke about, and I'd known it around the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit and I'd so desired that, but I had withdrawn myself from that. But in that moment, I was so desperate. I was so desperate for freedom. But I didn't, at that point, ask to lose my stutter. What I wanted was God. And his spirit. And, and, and I didn't know really what I wanted as much as that, but I did know I wanted him. Never forget raising my hands and, and, and God touched me. And this warm, 
amazing flow of the Spirit of God just came all over me, and I began to speak in a funny language, and, and it was, I, was I, didn't, I didn't jump around, I didn't, I didn't do anything, probably nobody even knew it. But in that moment, I learned that just one touch, one moment of God touching me was worth more than I could ever do in a lifetime. And the basic thing is that as I walked away from that and the days following that, I realized that I did no longer stutter, that that one touch brought a healing and a freedom. I believe that God wants to come and touch you tonight. As Tony said, the building that has been built is for you. And, and God has, in His wisdom, has sent me and us from a, a faraway place to come because He wants to, you to hear a testimony of this freedom. Right. I, I remember another time, and later on, as I had got married and we had kids, and, and, and I knew the call of God upon my life, and God had, had spoken, and there were many times, I'm sure as you who are followers of Christ, there would be times where you could point back to just one touch. And there was this moment I'd grown up in a Christian home and a very conservative Christian home. Um, and so I was always wanted to be good. I was never good, but I wanted to try and please. I wanted to, to, to toe the line, but God had made me as someone that doesn't do that. I don't know why. Um, actually, when you try and put rules on me, I just want to break them. Um, uh, God made me a pioneer. He's made me someone that would walk out front. I'm a uh, futurist ideator. Um, I tried to suppress that for a long time, but now I realize that that's the way God made me. But in that time is that I was trying to fit into the boxes, try to fit into these uh, kind of religious things, doing and trying to be religious. And, and that religion, it just put layers and shackles or chains upon me. And, and so I, I wasn't really very passionate or demonstrative in my praise or in my worship or in the, um, went to church and it was good and, you know, maybe a lifting of hands and a clap, but there was, there was something I knew that, that God wanted more and, and I was desperate. I, I can't say that that was the end goal. The goal was I wanted to be free. And I'll never forget the day that I walked into my office in the morning. Uh, it was outside. We stayed on this kind of five-acre plot and lot, and I had my office outside. And I walked in there one morning, and I said to God, I'm not leaving here until you touch me. I'm not leaving here. And that could have been a long day. And I can't tell you how long, but God came into that office, came into me, and, and he, he got hold of me that day, probably with both hands, both feet, and a whole lot more. Because I shook physically, somebody, that thing, it was like a, a, a tiny leaf in a massive storm. I shook and shook. I, I, I actually couldn't stop, and I didn't know what was happening, but just one touch, just one touch. God did more in that moment than I could have done in a lifetime. And he set me free. That's the thing is that I um, am now probably too demonstrative and you know, passionate and, and, and that. And people go like, wow, I don't know how you, I'm trying to calm myself down. I don't, you know, kind of, I hear, you know, there's cameras and I've got to stay within this and this. But, you know, um, I'll follow the rules tonight. Don't worry. You see, just one touch. God can do more in a moment than you and I can do in a lifetime. And I do believe that 
uh, it's, it's not today. The devil, not today. Because you see, God has come because he wants to bring freedom. And, 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 and this evening, I, I want to just take a simple story. This was a story of a, of a man that came to Jesus. And Jesus had been very busy in his ministry, and he had been in a synagogue or in a you know, place of meeting where the Jews went to, and demons had manifested, and he, he, he had just commanded them to go. And, and, and it had caused a big stir in the, in the town called Capernaum, where he was living. And, and it says there, if you read in Mark, it says the whole town came to Jesus. Could you imagine that? Probably a few thousand people. It was an evening. They came to his house. And they must have lined up for long queues around the block. And they came and he, and he healed all their diseases. He touched many people that night. In fact, it must have been a really late night of ministry. He was tired. And, and so we're going to pick up that story just there. And we're going to read it from the message together. Because it's, such, it's probably one of my favorite stories of the gospel. And it says that while it was still night... Way before dawn. Say way before dawn. He got up, went out into a secluded spot, and he prayed. It's like a whole night of ministry. He would have been tired. But Jesus goes into this, this secluded spot. And Simon and those with him went looking for him, and they found him. This is Simon Peter, one of his disciples. He says, hey, everybody's looking for you. Well, not... You know, okay, have you ever heard that? Everybody, nobody, somebody, anybody. Well, it seems like um, Peter was everybody. But anyway, so Jesus said, um, no, no, let's go to the rest of the villages so I can preach there also because this is why I came. It's interesting to see because um, when I read that, I thought, I thought, Jesus, you came to heal. I thought, Jesus, you came to, to, to heal people. I thought you, and Jesus said, no, I came to preach. And he went to their meeting places all through Galilee, preaching and throwing out demons. And then this is the story of this man. And he said, a leper came to him, begging on his knees. He said, if you want to, you can cleanse me. And deeply moved. Jesus put out his hand and touched him. Deeply moved, Jesus put out his hand, touched him, and he said, I want to, so be clean. Not healed, be clean. And then and there, the leprosy was gone, his skin smooth and healthy, and Jesus dismissed him with strict orders. Said to him, come on, say nothing to anyone. Take the offering of the cleansing that Moses prescribed and present yourself to the priest. This will validate your healing to the people. But as soon as the man was out of earshot, <laughs> he told everyone. I mean, he couldn't shut him up. And he met what had <laughs> spreading the news all over the town. So Jesus kept out of the way places, no longer able to move freely in and out of the city but people found him because they came from all over. I wonder if tonight the leper, we could hear his testimony. And, and maybe it, it would go something like this. 
as maybe we could try for a moment to hear what may have happened. It could have been like this. I'll never forget the day that walking in the field, I began to realize that my fingers just didn't feel, there was a numbness. I, I, I began to <clears throat> get a croaky throat and, and I realized that there were some, some things growing on my face. I wasn't sure and as the days and the weeks went by, it became really apparent to me that there was this possibility that I may be getting leprosy. The fear that gripped my heart was, you've you got to understand, because if you had leprosy, you were thrown out into a leper colony. And I try to hide it so often, and, but I, I, I remember that time when I was washing my hands, having come in from the, from the field, and I was hiding it from my wife, and she saw the blood that began to, to fill the bucket. She had been aware of it as well, but also so, so uh, frightened because she knew the consequences. And as we stood, and I took a long embrace, hoping that that embrace would not impart my sickness to her, those gentle words that she said to me was, it's time to go and see the priest. It was one of the longest journeys that I took as I, as I walked down the cobble streets and to the priest. And the bandages that I'd hidden as he took them off my feet and, and, and from my face. Those words that came from the priest will forever resound in my head as he said, unclean, unclean. I wasn't even allowed to return home. You have to understand, I have a family and they were just a, a, a few years old, an 18 month, a five year old and a 10 year old. It was too young and I wasn't even allowed to go home. I'll never forget my wife as she stood a distance because the law was not closer than 50 feet. And I walked into the aloneness, but then I walked into the stench of the leper colony. Oh. And the days and the weeks mingled together as it become months and years. And my wife would come and, and she would leave food for me at some distance and I would go and get it. But the pain of seeing the kids and not being able to embrace them, not being able to take them into my arms, I eventually sent a message to my wife to say, please don't come anymore. It was about nine years. My fingers had disappeared, my toes, I was walking on stumps. My ears had fallen off. I looked aside. And I began to see this crowd and, and uh, they were always gathering around this man. His name was Jesus. 
And a couple of us from the leper colony, we, we, we would go and, and, but every time we came close, the, 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 the crowd would say, unclean. They would pick up stones and throw it at us. And, and we weren't allowed to come anywhere close. But there was one day that, that Jesus, he got on a boat because the crowd was pressing on him. And so they were so focused looking at Jesus in the lake that we were able to come close. And I heard his teaching and I heard and I began to see that there were miracles happening. And, and I thought, if only I could get to Jesus, I could be clean. But you know what? I tried and, and tried and every time I came close, they would say, unclean, unclean. And then one night I couldn't sleep and I was out in the desolate places and I was just walking. And then I thought I saw a ghost because there was this kind of man walking. There was a glow. He, he, he just, I, I then realized it was this man, Jesus. There was something so incredible about him. I hid behind a rock as he walked past. And I was listening, and, and he was talking like he was having a, a, a conversation. And I, he was having a conversation with his father. It was like amazing. And he spoke, and he, I, I thought, this is my chance. I, I'm, I'm going to get, and, and he walked away, and then he, and I was like, if only, this is it. And, and as I began to, to stumble and hobble towards him, these guys came running out of town. And they said to him, Jesus, everyone's looking for you. And before I could get there, he was gone. But I realized there was a shortcut. If I could just get around the hill in time, he was heading down the path. I thought, you know what? If I can't get to Jesus, what I'm going to do is get in front of him. And maybe he would walk towards me. And on my, my, my stubs, I, I hobbled and rolled and got to a place. And, and the crowd was coming, Jesus walking in front. And, and then they began to shout at me, unclean, get out, unclean. They picked up rocks. And Jesus said, stop, 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 stop. And I was on my knees. And I, I was trying to get to Jesus. But Jesus just kept walking towards me. And you got it. unbelievable. He came right up to me. In years, I'd never had the embrace. And here I was on my knees. He had a bigger gun. And I surrendered. <laughs> he said to me, what do you want? And you know what? I wasn't quite sure because it's not I wanted to be healed. I wanted to be clean. You see, it's one thing to, I didn't care if I had fingers or toes or not. That's not what I was after. I, I wanted the concept, I wanted the reason why I had been put out of the community. I wanted that. I said, Jesus, if, if you want to, you could clean me. Oh, I'll never forget. As Jesus put his beautiful, strong arms under my armpits and he lifted me up and I stood there and, and he, he put his arms around me. He, he didn't just touch me. He embraced me. He pulled me up. I 
could hear the gasp of the crowd. What is he doing? I'm clean. Stupid man. I didn't care. Because in that moment, I felt the warmth embrace that I'd never felt before. And, and I, didn't want it to, I didn't want it to end. But in that moment, I, I began to, like, my fingers were growing. I got this warm, unbelievable feeling in me. I couldn't realize. The next thing I was standing and I was looking and my feet, my toes had grown, my, my fingers had grown. And I was... I was not only clean, I was healed. And then I saw my wife and my kids that have now grown up break out of the crowd and they ran to me. And oh, I will never forget that moment of the touch of Jesus. And you may be asking the question, how is that possible? How is it possible that one touch can bring cleansing? I want to show you just a short video clip that may help us and just bring understanding. Let's go to the movies just for a few minutes. I didn't realize that just one touch from a holy God would come and cleanse me and make me holy. And I think, you know, religion makes us want to be holy and do things, strive for holiness. But when you understand that God, creator God, He came down holy, and he walked amongst us. That holy coal from heaven that came and touched. And just one touch, and people were healed, cleansed. But the reality was is that he did that so that we, who then become holy, could go out and be the touch of God wherever we go. But you know, so often what I find, and, and here we see in this, the end of the story, is Jesus said to the leper, now let me tell you what you must do. He said, go to the priest and give the offering that is required. And if you go to Leviticus chapter 14, and who goes to Leviticus anyway? <laughs> but hidden in Leviticus 14 is this, what should happen if someone has had leprosy and then no longer has it? And let me tell you, it didn't really happen that much in the Bible because until Jesus had cleansed that leper that day, it hadn't happened for centuries. In fact, the last recorded one was Naaman, who wasn't even a Jew. And remember, the prophet told him, you go and sink yourself in the river seven times. Why seven? You'll see now. So, no one had come to the priest in centuries to say, hey, I was a leper, now I'm cleansed. But Jesus' intent was, go and do that. You see, what 
Leviticus 14 says is that what the priest would do is they would take two birds. They would take an earthen vessel with some water, hyssop. And the one bird that they were to, over the, the earthen vessel, they were to, to, to kill the bird and drain the blood into this vessel of water. And then they would take the hyssop, dip it into this blood and water, and put it on the live bird. And seven times, they would put the blood and the water on the bird. And then they were to take, the priest would take the cleansed leper out into a field. And then together they would release the bird into the air. And as that was going to happen, the leper would say, I'm healed by the blood. I'm cleansed by the blood. I'm cleansed by the blood. I'm cleansed by the blood. You see, what that was is is the gospel. It's the good news that one day a Savior would come and blood and water would flow. And by that, we would be cleansed. We would be healed. Friends, he never did it. See, Jesus said, go. And he went out. Instead of saying, I'm clean, he said, I'm clean. I'm clean. I'm clean. And you see, friends, we can be just like it. I realized I'm, I'm like that. I get my miracle. I get my cleansing. I get that. And I go, I'm clean. Good. But I failed to publish the gospel. I failed to say, I'm clean. I'm clean by the blood. There's nothing but the blood of Jesus, nothing. And you may be here tonight and you're saying to me, but Craig, my sin is deep. I tell you, it's not deeper than the blood of Jesus. You say, Craig, my sin is strong. It's causing all sorts of things in my life. And I want to tell you the blood of Jesus is stronger. Because one touch, one touch, and we can be clean. What I've realized is that so many people strive. You see, why did Jesus not come to heal? He came to cleanse, actually. There's nowhere in the script, nowhere in the Gospels ever that Jesus said, I came to heal. Because healing is the external, it's the fruit of an internal cleansing and people chase after healing when we should receive his cleansing not today Jesus would you come today and would you do it again Jesus, we come to you. We're on our knees. Our hands are in the air. And we say, please, would you deeply cleanse me? Would you come and do it again? In this day, I go. 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 